morning, everyone. Um, I am delighted to be here this morning. Um, I can't say I'm delighted to be up here, but um, I am delighted to be here this morning. Um, I was thinking about something that Judah actually mentioned, which ties into my message uh, today. Um, it's about this upper room is going to be about going all in. And I feel like sometimes we can get distracted by life, different things uh, we encounter, and then we take steps back, and then we go back in, take steps back, we go back in. The good thing about God and his grace is that it's never too late to go back and go all in. And when you go all in, you will feel a, um, a shift in where you were. God is so faithful that he never disappoints. Situations happen, this world happened, people happen, but God never disappoints. And I feel like this is a season where we're to go all in. Okay? All right. <laughs> all right. Thank you for the water. Um, I'm going to be vulnerable here, although I was told by someone, that's not that vulnerable. You're not being vulnerable. You're actually being surface level vulnerable. I didn't say what level vulnerable I was going to be. I just said I'm being vulnerable. <laughs> okay. I am going to be vulnerable today, so I hope that's okay with you guys. Um, here's the one thing about me that you guys may not know. I am not a very good baker. I'm actually not a good baker, let alone a very good baker. It's just not something I like. It's not something I desire to do. Um, so I don't put forth a lot of effort to it when I do it. Now, if you give me, you ask me to bake a cake probably after 10 times, then I would probably go ahead and attempt to bake a cake. I'll get the ingredients. I'll get a recipe for it first. I will go over the recipe, not with a lot of intentionality either. I'll just go over the recipe. Okay. Okay. All right. That's that. Then I'll put all the ingredients together. I'll do that. And then I'll bake a cake. And the cake will probably resemble an actual delicious looking cake. And if there's any flaws, I can take some, something and kind of cover it, put a flower on it, hide it, you know, something like that. I don't know. But the thing is, when you taste the cake, if I cook it, if I bake it, it's not going to be very good. It's probably not going to be very tasty either. The inside of the cake, I'll tell you this, because I'm not really good with following directions on things I don't like or don't hold my attention. So <laughs> there'll be various degrees of texture on the inside. <laughs> there'll probably a portion of the cake will be undone, uncooked, maybe, raw, maybe, maybe, okay? And another portion could be, like, overcooked, overdone, maybe burnt. Because I, I won't have put a lot of effort into it. So I don't expect to get a really good product. I don't expect it to be a great cake. Now, I can make it look pretty good, but the taste of it is not going to be that good. And that's just me being vulnerable. So don't ask me to bake a cake. And now, just because I can't bake doesn't mean I can't cook. Right, babe? 
<laughs> I can cook very well, I might add. I can cook, but I don't like to bake because I'm not interested in it. Um, truth is, I don't like anything that has to do with the baking process. It's totally different than cooking. There are people I know that like to bake, but not necessarily like to cook. How many people in here are like that? <laughs> so Taya, Taya can do desserts, guys. So if you're looking for desserts for anything, Taya's, <laughs> we have another hand back there. So if, if you're looking for dessert, those people are your go-to, not me. Probably not Fee either. <laughs> she makes scones. That's, that's one thing she's really good at, and they're delicious. <laughs> On the other hand, as I said, there's people who really enjoy baking. They love to bake. It's their life's passion to bake. When they bake, they go all in. <clears throat> they actually receive joy from baking, opposite to me with baking. Whenever they find a new recipe, it's like they won the lottery or something. It's almost like they found the secret to life. Once they hear about a cake, a new cake, and its recipe, they can barely wait to get their hands on the recipe. Now, you told me about the new cake. When will you give me the recipe? Can I get it? I'd like to cook it this weekend. They're really excited, and they are on it about getting the recipe so they can embark on baking that cake. They eagerly read all of the information on the recipe as if it was the Ten Commandments. <laughs> They're very careful to make sure that they are following every step accurately because they love to bake and they're interested in it. <laughs> they tell their friends and others, like, you could be in a store. Have you ever encountered someone in a store and you're looking at a box with desserts on it or something? I mean, I can make brownies, throw them together, or make Judah make them. Either one, whatever. It's still the same. It's in my house, so it'll technically be me making the brownies. Right, Judah? <laughs> no, but um, have you ever been in a store and you're looking at something, like a box of uh, goodies or something like that to bake, and someone comes up, you know, if you add a half a cup of flour more to it, it will make it so much more rich. And I'm like, okay, thank you, because I'm not going to remember that, because I'm not that interested in But they are excited about baking. So wherever they are, their excitement and their passion goes out to others. <clears throat> Typically, friends and family can testify that when these people are in the kitchen and they begin the process, they are serious about it. Some people, I know like my mom, you couldn't come in the kitchen. Do not come in this kitchen. <laughs> and it was like, it was almost like surgery was being performed because it was just like they're honing in and it's like, I'm going to do every ingredient. This is going to be perfect. They have their bowls. They're set cake plates or whatever you buy to bake cakes in. They have all of that. And it's like, and even my mom would start humming a little bit as she's doing it because it's just a, such a moment of joy. <laughs> not me. I knew right then when I seen my mom do that as a kid that I did not want to bake because I was too involved. And so with each step of the process, if you watch a baker, they're very focused and they're very intentional, unlike I was when I'm asked to bake a cake. Here's the thing about it. 
Dan's been teaching. At the beginning of the month, we started a series for this church, Healthy Church. And Dan has been teaching on how a healthy church looks. Some attributes that we can associate with the healthy church. <clears throat> Me, my cake situation and my cake story would represent an unhealthy church. And I'll tell you how. The baker who loves to bake, such as Taya, would represent a healthy church. I use the cake experience as an analogy for us delving into the word. One thing about a healthy church, the word is at the center of everything that they do, they live, they breathe. You see God's word being expressed in life in a healthy church. But if you have a health, if you have a church where people are not interested in the word, which we can all get like that from time to time, um, but not by pulling ourselves up and dove into the word, not just to read the word, but to absorb the word so that they can apply the word. Anyone can know the word of God. We, I've met people on the street and I went to talk to them and they just started quoting scriptures, quoting scriptures. I'm like, wow. What theological school did they go to? But on the other hand, their life looks like it's in shambles because the word was never applied. They read the word, but the word had no, pow no power or effect to their life because they read the word just as words and not as God's word. <clears throat> the passionate baker like we should be as a healthy church, is always passionately searching for new recipes. We should go to the word of God always searching for new revelation, new highlights. Everything we need is in the word. I know the word can come across boring, but it's all in how you approach it. I remember I went through a season in my life where I would wake up at 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I would worship all while lying next to my husband. <laughs> and then I would go into the Word. And every night during this season, I became more and more increasingly hungry for the Word. I couldn't wait to open the Word. And scriptures I had read years ago when I first became a believer now meant and had substance in my life. So a healthy church, again, reads the word, yes. prays over the word, pray the word, decree the word, and live the word. There's a bunch of reasons why God's word is important, but I'm not going to go over all of those reasons because I'm not a long-winded person. <laughs> so we're just going to go over like six of them. One reason God's word is important to a healthy church is because it would ignite our faith. It ignites faith in your inner man. So where you're not feeling hopeful or where you're not believing, if you read the word and if you go in before you read the word, pray and ask the Lord to give you revelation, highlight the word to you, let it illuminate the eyes of your heart. Then it will spring forth faith in you. And that faith 
will be seen by others. Romans 10, 17 tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith and word and the word of God definitely is something that we should hold dear. Number two, God's word brings us freedom. Sometimes, depending on the culture that we've been reared in, we could believe a bunch of lies. Sometimes because of situations, we can hold on to untruths that keep us in bondage. It can keep our mind, body, and soul, all three, mind, body, and spirit, all three, in bondage. However, God's word brings freedom to you in all three areas. John 8 and 31 tells us, Jesus tell those, told those who believe in him, says that whoever believes in him and whoever abides in his word, they're truly his. And they will know the truth because the truth of the word, because remember, the word is spirit. <laughs> it's life. So the truth of the word will set them free. So the second thing is that the word brings freedom. And a healthy church walks in freedom. Not freedom to offend, <laughs> not freedom to have our own opinions, but freedom to love and walk against everything that the enemy would try to put up against us, that we can walk, put it behind us and walk forward, delivered and set free. Sorry. The third thing that the word of God will do is it will nourish us to maturity. Sometimes in a church, a church will go it will be on fire, and then all of a sudden it will come to a halt and just kind of hang there in the balance. And a lot of times it's because the people of God are not moving on to maturity. See, all of us are expected to mature in the things of God. But you cannot mature unless you know what the Word tells you. You can't mature in knowing the Word. You can't mature in living the Word until you actually study the word. So I find out that a lot of times when you see immaturity in a group of believers, it's because of a lack of the word, a, a lack of a revelation of the word and a lack of hunger for the word. <clears throat> I remember this man of God saying that uh, there's a balance in the kingdom. We can't be all spirit and no word. We can't be all word and no spirit. They work together. Anything else will cause us to go in error. Spirit and word works together. <laughs> it's not all a one, but it's both. And I truly believe that. Matthew 4, Jesus tells Satan while he's in the wilderness, which is one of my favorite scriptures. Um, he tells Satan that, uh, you know, Satan, hey, why don't you turn these stones into bread? Since you're hungry, you're looking pretty bad, dry. Uh, your lips are cracked, bleeding, probably not going to make it, but why don't you turn these stones into bread so you can have a little something to eat? <laughs> and Jesus tells Satan that man, God said, the word said, his father said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. If we don't study the word, how could we know what words proceeds out of God's mouth. 
Oh yeah, you can pray and God will give us revelation. We can get words of knowledge, words of wisdom. We can operate in gifting, but there won't be a depth until the word is sown and founded within our being. The word of God is important. Trust me. You don't want to be caught without it. Like, remember the old American Express commercials? Is that, is that what it was? You don't want to be caught without it. Sorry. That's an old commercial for you young people. Sorry. I'm sure you don't know it. Um, <laughs> First Peter 2 tells us that through God's word, we're, it enables us to become spiritually mature as we respond to the challenges or temptations of life. So, if I don't know the word, and the word is not formed in me, and I have an altercation with the sister or brother, I may not restrain myself. A little known fact about me, before I became a believer, <laughs> wow, <laughs> before I became a be believer, I was what we call brutally honest. Um, and, um, it wasn't good in a lot of cases. Um, and then I would have the response of, well, I'm just telling the truth. Isn't it the truth? Don't hate me because it's the truth. <laughs> but as I became a believer and the Lord began to transform my life, and as I dove into word, I found out, yeah, that's kind of like part of the old man that died with Jesus on the cross. <laughs> that part of my personality had to go. I am a pretty honest person, if he can tell you, <laughs> but I've learned to have grace with that honesty because I don't want to offend. But if I had not had the word, I wouldn't know that. And if someone who had the word probably came and told me, I probably was like, nope, I don't believe it. But since I had to read the word for myself, which the Lord tells us to study to show yourself approved, study for yourself Men of God, such as Dan and others, we can stand up here and teach all day, but it's your responsibility to leave here and search the scriptures for yourself. Mm. The fourth thing is, the fourth important thing about the word, word of God is that it will equip us. It will train us and it will correct us. 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us that all scriptures breathe out by God and it is profitable, it is profitable for teaching for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness so that we can be equipped for every good work. So if you're feeling unequipped for your assignment, let me, let me encourage you to go back to your word and spend some time in your word and prayer. <laughs> Here's the thing. When we apply God's word to our life, it will equip us to fulfill every assignment, every destiny, every purpose, every plan that God has destined for us. Without his word, we can kind of go off the road map. We can kind of get lost. But what the word does, it keeps us on the right road. It keeps us dependent upon him and not ourselves because he has designed the road map. So therefore, I stay in the word to know each stage of my goings in my assignments. Another thing about assignments is sometimes they can change. 
But if you don't know the word and have the spirit and the word together, then how would you know that there was a shift and it was time to change your assignment? You'll stay in the same assignment and then the grace typically lifts. And what happens is what you'll be doing is works. And we know we can't obtain (laughs) favor by works. We can't attain salvation by works. We do service as unto the Lord because we're all a family, because we think more than just about ourselves. We think, we had a discussion about this yesterday. Some people think locally, some people think globally. And it's nothing wrong with either one of them, but it's great when you have both people. Because God is a local God and he's a global God. And he wants people free locally as well as globally. So we all bring something to the table, but we need to be all equipped and trained to bring those things to the table so that they can produce much fruit. When we study the word of God, it would train us in righteousness by helping us to understand God ways and not our ways and how to live accordingly to his ways so that we can be successful in that. And everything we do, how we train our children, our household, our businesses, um, our jobs, um, however, how we interact with each other. We're family. Whether you like it or not, we're family. And I suppose <laughs> we'll stay a family for all that want to stay a family. But we're a family. We're helpers one to another. So when we read the word, it is not just for us. It is for our sisters and brothers as well because it equips us to be the part of the body that functions correctly. God's word, number five, is God's word cleanses us. Ephesians 5 tells us that, (sighs) Ephesians 5 says that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water of the word. The word of God washes our mind, will, and emotions. It cleanses us from head, you could say from head to toe. I'm actually trying to keep from using psychological terms, which is so hard for me to do, um, because I'm being vulnerable. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> because my husband will get me afterward, and my son. So I got to not use those terms. I actually was going to teach about the mind, body, and soul. And I was like, uh, no, where's Cynthia? I'll let her do that. <laughs> is she here? Cynthia here? Okay. Yeah. Cynthia is the other psychologist in the church. She's really, really good. And if you have any issues, go to Cynthia. (laughs) So here's the thing I want to just express to us. God's word is a lamp. Who knows the rest? And what else? Honestly, I'm not trying to put anyone on the spot, but I just want to ask, how many people in this last season has struggled to be dedicated to the studying of the word of God? Honestly, just be honest. We're not. Okay. How many people in here have been dedicated to the studying of the word of God in this past season? Even more so. 
Wow, I know it's more people in here. Like, okay, I'm not Dan, so but I do like everybody to participate. We're not. I'm not gonna judge you. I'm the only person on camera here. You guys are not, so you're free to raise up two hands and do whatever you want. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> I like that. Um, here's the thing. Since we are a family, let's encourage each other that when we come together, let's discuss and bring up the word of God more than we have in the past. I know sometimes we can get together and we can pray, but let's get together more often and declare the word of God over each other. Let's inspire one another to dig deep into the word of God. As I said before, the people who love to bake, they produce wonderful cakes. They look great. They taste great. But not me so much. If we go all in with our service, with our hearts being humble for the Lord and his will, then the word would take precedence over everything else in our life. We will compare in every situation. What does the word say about it? I'm not giving you my opinion. What does the word say about it? Oh, you can't find it? Then I'm not saying anything about it. What does the word tell you to do about it? As opposed to what we feel we should do about it. Once you start studying the word of God, and others in here know this because there's a ton of seasoned believers in here, the word takes root in your heart, right? So you can go without reading it for a minute because it's, there's certain scriptures that poof, just take root. And the Holy Spirit know what we have need of whenever we have need of it. So I want to give the testimony. June? I think it was the end of June, July. Okay, so I had surgery in the end of June. And after I had this, the surgery was a success. Everything was great. But I began to hemorrhage. And I went back to the doctors, and they're like, well, we can try this, and we can try that, and we can give you some medication to stop hemorrhaging. And I was like, nothing worked. And I kept hearing, just, it just kept happening over and over. And in my mind, I kept thinking about the word of God that talks about the woman with the issue of blood. And I was like, I can't go that long, Lord. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I just got, <laughs> have some mercy. I just had surgery, so you got to fix this issue. Um, but over time, I became weaker and weaker. And I just was not feeling well at all because I was so weakened by the massive loss of without being, you know, gross uh, blood. So one day I went to, no, I'll tell you this, two days, this is a Thursday, okay? I heard the Lord of God speak to my heart, bring forth the scripture in James. <laughs> James, uh, I think it's 1 and 22, I think if it is, that tells us, um, if any sick be among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Okay, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. That's what I'm going to do, but I'll do it when I see the elders. <laughs> so I, um, two days later, the elders had a meeting. I attended. And this is why it's important to know the word, to be connected with the word, and to be spiritually connected to one another. When I got out of the car, my car, Dan pulled up right behind me. 
And I seen him give me this look, but I kind of seen him, but I didn't see him. But then inside, he's like, hey, are you okay? I thought I was playing it off greatly because I didn't think I looked bad or anything. And I was like, uh, I usually tell him I'm okay even when I'm not. But this time, <laughs> I was like, uh, and he's like, okay. So when we, they finished the meeting, he's like, we want to pray for Talit. Can we pray for you? Of course, that's exactly what the Lord told me to go and do. So this man of God right here, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but they prayed for me. Um, all the elders, this man of God actually got behind me and just stood there as a true intercessor, pleading and declaring over my behalf because I was actually too weak to do it. I was in agreement, but I was just too weak to pray for myself, to be totally honest. How I made it to the meeting is just a miracle in itself. Um, and by the time I got home, the bleeding stopped. I had been bleeding for 45 days. But by the time I got home, it had stopped, and it never started back. I was ecstatic. <laughs> I was ecstatic. But it's all because the Lord quickened the word, the word that I read so many times, so many times. My favorite part of that scripture is when it says, <laughs> and is there any need prayer, encourage them to pray for themselves. <laughs> So, but that other part wasn't highlighted to me so much until the Lord brought it up, sprung it up into my innermost man at a time that I needed it the most. I didn't have the physical Bible in my face at the time, but because the word had taken root in my heart, it provided me with the riches <laughs> and the gifts and the miracles that go with it. So I want to admonish you. The word is just not a book. Whatever you, however you read it, it's just not a book. It's just not words. And if you can't feel like you, that you have a problem with understanding the word, get with someone who doesn't. Pray and ask the Lord to give you divine revelation. I know several people who were completely illiterate. I kid you not, completely illiterate. And they prayed because when they got saved, they wanted to read the God of the word of God so much that God opened up their understanding and they're very fluent so much so that they can read all the names in the old Testament that are very hard to pronounce. This is not thing I heard about. This is people that I know. <laughs> so let me tell you, when you have a desire for God's word, he will unlock those things that have been locked. He will unlock your understanding if you pray to him, he will give you a desire. And let me tell you, it will spring forth wealth. It will spring forth wealth. One of the scriptures in the Old Testament that I've always, like one of my other favorite scriptures, is that the diligent hand is made fat. If you keep persisting in the studying, it will break open. Jesus tells us, if we knock, and if we continue to knock, the door will be open. So don't get discouraged. But this week, can we make a new commitment to go back into the word and look at it as a fresh? Don't look at it as like, oh, I did this before. No, open my eyes, God. Let me see what I didn't see before. So the praise team can come back up. <laughs> 
which wasn't the praise team so good this morning. Oh my God. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I don't want to teach. Let's just keep going in the worship. I'm like, Lord, <laughs> it was so good. And can everyone stand? So I'm going to pray. Actually, I'm going to have someone else pray for me. Well, Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Lord God. You said in your word to enter your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise. So, Father God, we have been praising you all morning, thanking you. We thank you that you are Jehovah Rapha, the healer. We thank you that you are a transformer, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for every soul that is here today, Father. Lord, and we just speak your word of transformation over each and every one of them. Illuminate the scriptures to each and every one of us, Father God, afresh and anew, Father God. Lord, we come decreeing and declaring, Father God, a fresh and a new wind of your spirit upon every individual here, Father God. Let the wind of your spirit hit the, uh, the spirit the spirit man hit our soul and our bodies heavenly father may our spirit soul and body align with your word may it align with the wind of your spirit father god may we stand in your presence and just receive let's just receive receive the wind of his spirit Re receive that refreshing that he has for us today because the word of god does refresh us it gives us life and god desires us to step in to a deeper place with him so that we can step out in him not just for ourselves but for others so father we thank you for your transformation your rejuvenation father god and your refreshing over everyone here father god lord we just uh, even speak a refreshing to the soul as we said before that houses the mind the will and the emotion father god lord god whatever imprint the enemy has upon their soul lord god we just wash it away with the blood of the lamb we wash away the old father god with the blood of the lamb we declare it washed father god we declare our mind washed our soul our mind our will our emotion washed father god our bodies washed heavenly father by the blood of the lamb removing every image and imprint and hindrance from the enemy father god we thank you lord god that every every stumbling block every obstacle father god that the enemy would throw our way that you have given each and every one of us an overcoming spirit lord god that we overcome by the power of your spirit that we overcome and receive the refreshing from you oh god in this hour father god and we thank you for that refreshing we thank you for pouring pouring that water father god that cleanses us the water of your holy spirit father god in the name of jesus that lord even as we stand here today and when we leave father god we will not leave the same way that we came in father god we leave encouraged we leave refreshed heavenly father we leave rejuvenated we leave with a new determination father god a new determination to get in your word deeper and to come up higher in you in jesus name we pray